Do you use Netflix? I, I do, yeah. And how ticked are you? I'm not that ticked. Everyone else is so up in an uproar. I only use the streaming account anyway. Yeah, but you know that there's more on the DVDs than there is on streaming. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. So you're you're totally okay with this? I mean, they have to make money. So that so you're willing to spend about an extra foot long at Subway's <laughs> worth for your Netflix account now? Is that a five dollar foot long? Or well, like I mean premium. Well, I guess it's premium, right? Because it's right, six. Because I think it's like six or seven. Yeah. It ends up being six if you had. So I have a nine ninety nine plan, and now we've jumped to fifteen something ish. So I mean, about you don't think bucks. it was a little bit ridiculously cheap to begin with? I, I think a lot of things. <laughs> I know you do. This is weekly download episode number four. We have gotten some great feedback about the podcast and we're looking forward to hearing more from you guys you can check us out on twitter weekly d and on facebook search us weekly download our website is weeklydownload.com where we post links to other people's fantastic writings musings and some of our own fantastic writings and musings where you can also comment on them so if you'd like to check out our site that's weeklydownload.com this show is potentially sponsored by listeners like you. If you'd like to sponsor our podcast, visit weeklydownload.com and click on the sponsorship link. Thanks. This week's top download is... We're going to talk about Microsoft, the renovation, Windows 8, and the tablet. Well, so let's take a little bit of a step back. So Microsoft, here's a company that shareholders are begging to make Balmer step down. Meanwhile, they're not doing too bad as a company in general. They've they've got a good cash reserve. They've made some a key acquisition with Skype, who has just made a partnership with Facebook. So there's obviously some tertiary revenue coming out of that deal. True. And they still hold at least 80% of the worldwide PC share, if not more, if you buy that tablets are just another PC. So... When you hear that sound bite, that both outrages people and doesn't surprise people and makes people pretty much chuckle. But I haven't heard anyone say that that's what we should be thinking. Have you given that sound bite any thought? Uh, I mean, a little bit. I, I think that people who get angry and about the idea of Balmer still being in charge, you have to, again, look at exactly what you just said. They still own 80% of the market. Think about that, 80%. So if you own 80% of the market, you kind of want everything to be the market. Yeah. If you own 80% of anything, you would want more so you can have total control. So looking at the market as just a bunch of PCs means you're the incumbent. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. Or does it, really? Because uh -huh. that's what I linked to today. I linked to um, Horace's argument if you buy that tablets are pcs then you should probably consider platforms and if you consider platforms yeah windows still has an incumbency but apple would be second certainly with ios and mac os at yeah. 10 and then you've got android and then you supposedly have the other like linux which is yeah. not even in the discussion but but given the growth of the tablet and given the growth of the Mac platform, 
that number could really change from 80% to 60% in less than two years. So that's yeah, fair. Is this the right thing for Balmer to be saying for the company's uh, credo? I, I think when you take into account what you what you've just mentioned, uh, they should certainly be taking it a little more seriously. If, but I feel like deep down they are taking it more seriously. To the public, they can't be quite so skeptical, or they can't be concerned. Because if you sh if you show any vulnerability like that, they're going to say, "Oh, what's going to happen to Microsoft?" Or like they don't have they lack a, a vision, or they lack where they're going. Windows everywhere. Windows, Windows, Windows. That's another quote from Steve. So, Windows everywhere. It's not, you, But if you look at the tablet and you look at the tile proposal that they have for Windows 8, there are no Windows anywhere. It's it's true. When I, I haven't looked a lot at Windows 8 yet, but it doesn't feel very Windows to me. And I, I like Windows, I'm not gonna lie. Like, there are parts of Windows 7 that I really like. There are parts of Windows XP that I love. But do you like Windows? Do you like the concept? <laughs> do you like the philosophy of seeing Windows? Eh, I mean... Do you like having complete control? Or would you rather go to the tablet and not have Windows? Just the app? and the springboard it's it's too hard to to be on one extreme or the other like i like that in the middle spot and that's why i've always liked os x so much i feel like it's a spot right in the middle os 10 lion you yeah right to say. yeah yeah lion supposedly like we spoke in our last podcast is sort of trying to find this middle ground between what we know in love with the ipad and what we know in love with mac os 10 so that, that, that seems to be a formula that has a potential future. But when you look at Microsoft's role, which is trying to do the same thing, build an ecosystem, and then try and make this sort of leap to unifying everything together, that is the wrong approach. Because, and I guess somebody wants to chime in and tell you about it. Oh, dear. On iChat. Awesome. So, you've got, wow, I've totally lost my train of thought. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, you, you, you were saying, basically, that... No, I know what I was saying. All right. Come on. <laughs> this is for real. This is podcasting. It's true. You've got Microsoft, which is trying to unify everything in the business with this tile unification. But is that really unification? Seems like pseudo unification to me. Seems like a, you know, prima facie unification at best. I think that the problem is Microsoft's been on top for so long. They haven't. They, I wouldn't ever say they've lost innovation. And some would argue they never had innovation to begin with. They just did a really good job of copying, and, and built on it, and, and did great things with it. But I, I think that they've seen what's going on with iOS, and they've seen what's going on with Android. And they're not sure what's working so well. And they're trying to find a good way to compete. And it's hard to do that as a company that's on the top or so huge. I don't know what your thoughts are on that or if you've thought anything about that at all. They are a big company. And I think that because they're so big, they're starting to become out of touch. But any company knows that they can't be incumbent forever. 
like companies can come out of nowhere. In two to three years, we can see Facebook become the biggest social media giant. And in the same amount of time, we can see companies like Blockbuster failing because of companies like Netflix and Redbox changing the way that business is done altogether. And then you can use the same lens with Apple. So Apple changed the music industry, and that's almost an unarguable point. They have created a music store, they've created a distribution model, and they created the front end of the business in one fell swoop. That is an ecosystem. That is building every part and every part feeding into one another. When you look at Microsoft, they've got this ham-handed operating system that they've worked with for quite a while. They said, oh, smartphones are doing great. Guess we should go back and look at dust off the old Windows phone mobile. That was quite out of touch with anything. And, oh, I guess that... uh, People like tablets. Guess we should brush off the old XP tablets we released that were basically a mouse under your finger. And uh, they're trying to use what they've already had. You've got iOS, which is built from the ground up to be a tablet-oriented operating system. And you've got Microsoft, which is saying you should have the same Microsoft Windows experience everywhere. Two very different approaches. I I would agree with that, but I mean, playing a little bit of the advocate, isn't Apple doing essentially this close to the same thing in reverse direction, though? Things are going really well with iOS, now they're saying, we want iOS to be everywhere. We want your experience to be more like iOS. They're trying to do that, and that's a great point, but... When you look at the iOS in its true form, that is, on an iOS device, and you look at the iOS layered on, it's basically what you know and love about iOS on Mac. That's the credo. That is the message. But this is round one. This is round one. And if they do decide to meet somewhere in the middle, you may find that round three and round five or round whatever X are quite disturbing maybe too tablet-oriented, too iOSified, or whatever the term would be. So... I, I mean, switching back again, though, I think you'll find the same thing start to happen with Microsoft if it starts to happen with Apple, like we're already seeing it. Like, they're going to start to hit more and more in that middle ground. The preview I saw of Windows 8 is you essentially leave a file structure. You can go back into the Windows world, but Windows 8 with the tiles and everything like that, you're not in a file. You don't have a file structure. You don't have files like a, a true file system that you're dealing with all the time, and you have to revert back to a Windows 7 looking thing. So I, I think that to some extent, Microsoft might be doing it faster than Apple is. They may be doing it faster, but that doesn't necessarily mean correct. No, I'm not. I'm certainly not saying they're doing it better or anything like that. Do you have any thoughts on the Windows Store? Um, we got a lot to talk about. We do, yeah. But I'll, I'll mention the Windows Store briefly. I assume you're referring to like the rival to the App Store. No, I meant the actual retail. Oh, store. the actual physical location. I I find it really funny that in 2001, when the first Apple Store came out, Balmer and his crew laughed off Steve Jobs and said, "What are these people doing? This is not the way things are going to go, and this is a horrible idea." And 
Look at what happened now. If I had a million dollars for every time Bulma did that, I would be as rich as Bill Gates. Yeah, that's that's funny. I like what you did there. So that was this week's top download. This week's top download should have probably been sponsored by you, the listener. And it can be if you go to weeklydownload.com and click sponsors. Thanks for any thoughts, any submissions of any kind in that space. We're moving on to Netflix. A scary topic to even start talking about. You know, Netflix is becoming this evil, ham-handed industry. Are they looking like the Google of old, being too powerful and too incumbent and starting to do things that may drift people away or drift people closer. I think they're going to maybe lose some customers, but I don't think it's because they're evil or anything like that. I still think it's the media industry as a whole pushing for Netflix to do things a certain way. Now, is the are the are the wallets going to vote on this and we're going to see more streaming? I think that we're going to see a lot more just streaming accounts. I believe that you tweeted at one point in the last week, well, there goes my my DVDs. I'm going to streaming only. Uh, and I and I think I've heard that sentiment from a few people, but then I've also heard a few people go, well, there's more availability on DVDs, so I may as well pick that one. Sure, I mean, personally, you asked me at the beginning, before we even started this podcast, what I thought of Netflix. Uh, if I use Netflix, I do. If I got any DVDs, that I don't do. I don't even have a DVD player in here anymore. You don't have a DVD player? I, I mean, you have your Mac. Right, I have my Mac, but I mean... It hooked up to my television. I don't have cable or anything. I have an Apple TV that streams. So, so that's clearly for you, the streaming model is a better way to go. Yeah, and I have been since they came out. And since we're drifting away from whole physical media in the first place, it's not a bad move. No, I mean, if I want to see something new, it's almost the same price now, especially with the Netflix change, just to rent, rent it on iTunes. It's a little bit more to rent it on iTunes, but if you catch a special or something like that, it's 99 cents a rental sometimes. But typically, the rentals are three ninety nine. dollars yeah. So three ninety nine for a rental versus nine ninety nine, actually seven ninety nine, right? Right. For a streaming service right. with unlimited rentals. You know, yeah, I, certainly I see your point. What does iTunes do about that? Uh, I, I mean, the service hasn't really changed in a while uh, in terms of Netflix's cost. So I think that iTunes continues to work as iTunes. Like some people, you're getting in the iTunes, you're getting content on iTunes that's a lot newer than some of the stuff on streaming. So I think the different beasts, like you're willing to, people are willing to pay a little bit more to get brand new content that you're going to see on the iTunes store versus the stuff you're going to see in the streaming store. Should Redbox be worried? Um. I think that we'll start to see more and more customers like myself who don't own DVD players or don't want to deal with physical media, but for the time being, I don't think they have much to worry about. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if in the next five years, Redbox comes out with some kind of streaming service. Really? Yeah, I'm, personally, I mean, I'm not saying I have any information or anything like that, just throwing something out there that I, I mean, I could see them trying something like that. Well, if you think about it, that's $6 that you're saving. Either you can go to Subway Sandwich or... <laughs> you can get six DVDs from Redbox, right. which is good enough for anyone who watches movies, unless you're a movie buff. I would be interested to see what kind of studies have been done on Netflix and like the percentages of people who get one DVD versus six DVD plans and what what is the drop-off on there. Because I bet, I bet that of the people who do have currently a Netflix account prior to the change that's coming, uh, I believe September the 1st is the change. Right. So... I bet that 
over 50% do the one plus DVDs, one, one DVD plus streaming, and then it probably dies exponentially down to the six plan or the I, eight plan, the extended plans. I would think so, yeah. I mean, I don't see people using that to that extreme. Do you think this increases piracy in any way? That's an excellent question. Uh, I, I The average user is still going to be the same. Like The average user may, if they had the ability to pirate, I think that more people would. But I, I think that people are still just going to keep buying on iTunes and things like that. Like, I, I think that I'd be interested to see if iTunes usage goes up, like in terms of purchasing movies from the iTunes store. Because like I said, for the most part, they have pretty new movies on the iTunes store. Like, when it comes to DVD, it pretty quickly, quickly comes to the iTunes store. So you're still going to use... So what do you think about Netflix moving forward? Where is their next endeavor? Is it making more streaming um, options available to the public, pushing the concept of DVDs out, making Blu-ray standard, or coming up with more exclusive deals like with Apple TV? Uh, I could tell you where I'd want them to go and where I think that they probably are going. Okay. I, I think that where they're probably headed is you're going to see more Blu-rays become the standard as DVDs phase out, things like that. I think that's just the natural progression of things because of the way technology works. I hope that, and I would be willing to pay more for this, I, I hope that we start to see more streaming content. Like as things hit DVD, they immediately hit streaming. And I'd pay an extra $5 for that maybe, 5 or $6 a month. I, I don't know if you would, and I don't know how many of the average people would, but if I could see a movie that I'd have to go rent a Redbox normally and not have to leave my house, and I could do that with five or six different movies, it pays for itself anyway. If I'm going to watch a first-run move, first movie, I'm going to go to the movie theater. Right. I would pay for the movie theater experience, even though it's still $10 a movie ticket, because that is the way to watch a movie release. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like... Well, so, a month later? No, I'm, I'm saying, like, when movies come to DVD, like, top movies first come to DVD, they don't normally hit streaming for a while. I'm, I'm willing to pay a little bit more to have the streaming content, like, have it on streaming right, th right when they hit DVD. But see, that's the difference, because as a user of Netflix streaming, I expect the older content to be on streaming. And I'm pleasantly surprised when there is newer stuff. So... When I go to Netflix streaming, I will watch runs of TV episodes all day. I'll usually catch... I, I love the recommended feature. I'll catch a lot of, like, B-sides or indie movies that I would never watch. Exactly. And that's the fun to me of Netflix streaming. It's not to watch movies I've already seen or watch mo new movies. Because most new movies, to me, and this is just a side opinion, kind of suck. That's, so, that's probably fair. So, and most new movies are pretty cliched, and we can have a debate about that outside of this venue. But when you look at movies that you typically absolutely must see, you add the word theater to that. Must see in theaters. Not necessarily must see within the next week. Sure. Uh, or you must go drive to your red box and rent it, put it in your DVD player, watch the ads, and it's then watch it. It's not as appealing. It. It's definitely not as appealing. So for that reason alone, I think that streaming is going to become more prevalent, but it won't matter to me, and I wouldn't pay, I actually would not pay the extra money. 
I would if there was a way to keep this plan versus another additional plan where you could pay for the first run movies, sure. then I would stay on my plan is what I'm saying. Hmm. So, but it'll be interesting to see how many people start to either drift or float away from Netflix, what Apple TV is going to do. I think that Apple definitely needs to start thinking about streaming because I mean streaming plans, not necessarily just streaming and download. Like actually pulling from the internet, right? Because I mean, they have streaming to the from the computer to the yeah. to the Apple TV already. And when you look at the streaming technology that Netflix has, it's remarkable. You know, 720p capable HD streams. Right, it's pretty great. incredible. So I don't have a problem with streaming movies at all. It's funny that I have a problem with streaming music all the time. But that's because if I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to put on Wi-Fi to watch a movie. I don't typically go on my iPad and watch Netflix over 3G. It's uh, quite slow and cumbersome. Tried it when and it came it out. uses a lot of data. I mean, A I, lot of data. Yeah, I tried it once and I quickly burned through my one little gigabyte that I pay for a month. Right. Oh, you do have the plan? Yeah, I, I pay for the plan because I've been traveling a lot. I only keep it on when I travel. But... Yeah, I, I've been traveling a lot through the summer months, so... So speaking of streaming and speaking of music, uh, the third thing on our list is uh, Spotify. As I believe was mentioned on their website, they took Europe by a storm and now they're hitting America. Oh, you know what? I wish the same thing were about, like, soccer. Uh, I know, right? I love soccer. Or, like, great European beer. <laughs> Not a big beer drinker, but I love soccer. But so you've got Spotify, which is this instant streaming of... 15 million songs i think was their corpus and pretty much everything for ten dollars a month do you like that price Uh, that seems pretty reasonable to me so ten dollars a month versus a twenty dollars scan and match upgrade all of your song service from itunes and supposedly around the corner if they're doing this then they're probably going to do a streaming service in general not too long from now and knowing iTunes and knowing their incumbency and knowing their sort of advantages that they have in the value chain, you can expect a better price service from iTunes. I I think that's probably accurate, but I mean, iTunes match is only the songs that you have. No, but what I'm saying is the next iteration is right after iTunes match. Yeah. But I, I mean, we've been talking about streaming of some kind for iTunes for how many years now? I mean, in the rumor mills, well, I mean, yeah, it's been around for a while, but does that discredit the fact that it's going to come? I don't think so. I no. think it only makes it, it, pre, it, it if anything, solidifies that it's coming. At and some point. Spotify preludes that fact to becoming reality. I mean, we have to go back to Amazon's streaming service now, which they've had for some time, and Google supposedly is making you stream your uploaded music and you can probably buy music from there someday and stream their music as well. So streaming is unfortunately, and much to my chagrin, seems to be the way things are going. Uh, Looks like they have an offline mode. That's what I was about to say. For you, someone who complains regularly about not not always having ubiquitous internet wherever you go. Now how does that work? It says, if you find yourself with an internet connection, Spotify online keeps the music flowing. And tell me, how does it work, Spotify? Conveniently, they haven't really mentioned much about that on the front page. Well, guess we'll have to wait for an invite. I guess. I I threw my invite out there, so I'm... And if any of you listeners want to send us an invite, that would be contact at weeklydownload.com. 
Um, we'd like to check out the service. I mean, I think I'm going to stick with my iPod, iPhone, that is, and my music, but I'm sure Chris is very excited for some streaming action. Um, so you're good with the price. Um, what other features do we have here? Oh, let's see. We've got, uh, you can still do playlists. You can share music to us. Sharing music is one of the little great pleasures. So, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> thanks for reading their copy. Yeah. We just, We're not trying to plug them. I just want to know about them. Right. Spotify is so good. Who that's said what that? Mark Zuckerberg said. Oh, wow. If Mark Zuckerberg said, and Demi Moore, oh, man. I'm there now. If Color me excited exactly. for this. Well, the LA Times says it blows the doors off of anything on the market. Shouldn't it be like blow the ears or the right. headphones? Come on, be a little creative, LA Times. Anyway, Spotify, new service, plugged heavily in the past year, even though it hasn't been around, but finally... You can stream and your network cords can be super excited because music's coming your way at $10 a month, but I will... It starts at $4.99. $10 for what then? Where uh, am I getting the $10 figure? It's the unlimited plan. The premium uh, plan is $4.99. And right now it's free. Uh, no, right now... The, the invite-only service is free. It's, it's free, yes, but premium is $4.99 and limited is ten nine nine ninety nine. Well, I mean, if I'm going to pay five, $5, I may as well pay $10. I mean, if I'm already giving money to a service, I don't know. It's questionable to say. I wonder what the leap is from the premium to unlimited is. Excellent question. Let's see if we can dig up the answer to that really fast. I plan on actually purchasing one in the near future, just a month's service worth, if nothing else, just so we can give our listeners a better understanding of what's going on with it. You're so journalistically on top of it. <laughs> I'm going to maybe take that as a compliment, but probably not. Yeah, I'm not really seeing it quickly, and there's no reason to leave the users hanging here. Okay, well, check it out. Let us know what you think. I'm very interested in the mechanics of the service, not necessarily signing up myself. Uh, do we have time to talk about anything else? Well, I think we got a few minutes. We could quickly maybe talk a little bit about Google's earnings report that just came out. And what do you think? I think you were right on the money, first of all, when you said they had about $40 billion in cash laying around. I believe the figure came out to be $39.1 billion. So you've got $9 billion earned in a quarter, record earnings. But what was more interesting was the Google Plus numbers. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. I don't remember the, was it 9 billion, 90 billion or 9 billion like things published a day or no, something? No, no, no. <laughs> it's but 1 billion things published a was, day. Which is still but crazy. 10 million users on the service. Right, and so quickly on an invite-only service. On an invite-only service that you're using it and... You're not only using it and squatted, you are actually sharing things. A billion items a day is amazing. For such a new I think, service, it's I think, crazy. I think Mark Zuckerberg said that a billion things are shared a day on Facebook, too, in the last keynote. Now, I'd be, interesting to, I'd be interested to see if that number matches up is indeed the same number. I feel like that can't be right. It must be 100 billion or some order of what Google Plus has. And if it's the same, then I will be, you know, pleasantly I'd be surprised. pretty shocked, to be honest with you. I, I but nevertheless, it looks like, you know, Bill Gross is on the money that this is the fastest growing 
service. I mean, yeah, clearly. And the most used service probably in a year or two. If Google keeps doing what they're doing and listening to people. Did you see the gender change that they took that off now? Oh, I I didn't see that. So uh, there were a lot of complaints about the fact that we shouldn't have to put our gender if you believe so much in privacy. So Google took it off. Wow. So they're listening to their users, and I can tell that that's something that's refreshing to a lot of people. I think the people who make the Facebook groups that I frequently on these podcasts make fun of would appreciate Google listening. And I have started to open Google Plus in a tab now, being more interested in the service. I'm warming up to it. I still think that there are some general issues with navigation. I find it very cumbersome to scroll through an entire feed, whereas Facebook kind of calculates what would be your top news or things I'd be interested in coming in the next day. I bet we'll see something similar to that soon. So natural iterations, I hope they come quicker. Apparently Docs integration is coming up really soon. That, to me, is when I will probably fully make the jump over. I am always an advocate for Google What's Docs. with the fulling jump over business? I, I, when why, I say can't that, I mean, we, why can't I use Facebook and Google Plus? I, when I, I should rephrase that to fully get on board. Because okay. I'm not going to stop using Facebook or Twitter just so much as... Right now, I'm still not opening in that tab that we talk about. I have a feeling soon I'll be opening in that tab. One final thought. You've got, you've got Facebook, which provides news about your friends. Twitter, which provides blurbs of news. And now Google Plus seems to be a news-sharing sort of site as well. News everywhere. Why bother going and reading news at the sites themselves? Are you? I'm questioning you. Do you? Do, I mean, do I you personally think still go to all the websites. You still, you do still go to all the websites. I, I but why was... bother if you have all your news pretty much blowhorn to you every day? I'm guessing that more and more people are not going to the websites. I, I think it's easier, faster, it's more convenient to to just stay on Twitter. I mean, I'm on a computer enough during the day because of the nature of the way that I work and the jobs that I have that it's easy to just right. go over there. But I think that. I think that media companies will probably soon be reevaluating the way they're doing things. I mean, they already are. But, like, these news, uh, these online news places are going to, we're going to see even more tweets, I think, than we already are seeing, and even more ways of plugging that stuff out there. Well, that's pretty much everything we've got on the docket today. Uh, hope to hear you guys, your comments, your feedback. Um, contact at weeklydownload.com is our email, weeklyd is our Twitter handle, and we are on Facebook as well. Our website is weeklydownload.com, and we're also available on iTunes. Just search us, Weekly Download, and we hope to uh, hear you guys on all those communications. And that was Weekly Download episode number four, hopefully sponsored by you. If you'd like to sponsor our podcast, visit www.weeklydownload.com and click on the sponsorships link. Thank you.